I'm not just selling the product, but I'm selling myself and I'm selling my art and my identity. And when you think about how do you really market artistry to generate a return on ad spend, there's no targeting on Facebook and TikTok. So I really stick to my story and my values that I founded the company on. And when it comes to the actual execution of marketing, I hone in specifically on the people that I think are going to resonate with the story that I'm telling and the values of my brand. Hey, it's Bobby, and you are listening to The Expert's Roadmap, where we uncover insights gained along the journey to online business success. Our mission is for you to leave each episode better equipped to avoid mistakes and make wiser decisions on your own journey to growing your business to new heights. In today's episode, I'm joined by Lola Dominguez, founder and chief creative officer of Dome Vis, a fashion and lifestyle brand. Lola shares her journey from behind the scenes digital marketer to becoming the face of an up and coming fashion brand, her approach to engaging customers through storytelling, and the challenges of balancing creative expression with business needs. Let's dive in. So could you tell the listeners a little bit about you and what your company does? I am Lola Dominguez. I'm the founder and CEO of a fashion brand called Dome Vis. And my company actually is a made-to-order luxury fashion brand. So we really specialize in cool, edgy, creative approach to runway uh, high fashion. I've been really excited about this interview in particular because I know almost nothing about fashion marketing and what goes into that. So I'm excited to dig in and explore everything that you've been discovering about this world yourself. So first, what is the overall journey that customers take with you from not knowing your company exists to becoming raving fans? There's so many different ways and avenues that we start the customer journey. With high fashion, one of the biggest ones is actually our runway presentation. So this September, I actually did my first ever New York Fashion Week as a designer, and we allow people the opportunity to come watch the show and see the garments, see the brand, everything from a really intimate experience firsthand right off the runway. From there, we allow people to come to our website and view the clothes there, our lookbooks and things like that. So we are constantly reaching people from the show itself to sending them into our digital space, finding us on social media, finding us on our website. I feel like there's so many different avenues and channels when it comes to fashion because it's such an aesthetic industry that it's so many different ways that people can find us and see us, whether it's in person or online. I would like to dig into that a little bit. So I know you have a good amount of experience with digital marketing on the online world, but it sounds like fashion, especially with the Fashion Week event, it's in person, it's bringing people through the physical space into the online world. What does that process look like for you and your brand? You know, it's really funny because my background, my six years is digital marketing. And I think it's really important that I took the marketing route before I started my business, because now I understand how we can get people in person and then translate them into our digital online world to keep those conversations going. So what that really looks like for me is putting on these shows, events, runways, fashion presentations, pop-ups, brand awareness events in person, giving people a really personalized and intimate experience to get to know me as a designer, my creative style, my creative journey, get to know the clothes and the fabrics and 
hone in on their own self-expression and feelings of community and style because fashion is such a personal thing. And once we get them in and we get them hooked and we know their story just the way that they know our story, we bring them into that digital space and we invite them to join us on our social media pages, learn more about the behind the scenes of the clothes and how they're made and come to our website and sign up for our email list and learn when we have special events that you can come to, not only for shopping, but just for getting a nice intimate experience, actually coming in meeting our team and the people behind the clothes and the people behind our amazing, cool editorials and all of these different things. So that process for me takes a lot of planning because we have to really focus on not only that first touch point of being in person, but how do we keep that conversation going and interesting and fresh in that digital space after we have these big in-person events? Yeah, I bet that's challenging both to attract people in the first place, but then keep them engaged and keep them coming back and shopping for future looks. One of the things with fashion in particular, when you think about attracting new customers to your fashion brand and engaging them long-term, how much are you focusing on the looks and the aesthetic versus the story and those sorts of elements in your marketing? This is one of those places where it's such a mix. As a designer and as a creative, you start from a place of just what you're feeling and what you're thinking. And it's so much attached to your personal story. Even for me in this collection, it was an all leather and lace collection. And it was inspired by me being a Gemini and that duality and feeling like I was double-sided, very feminine, like lace, but also very like edgy and ambitious and badass like leather. And that was so much of the storytelling itself that I got to put into my marketing, but it came from a creative place. And it came from an aesthetic place, thinking about those fabrics and how they look and how they'll blend together. So this is a really interesting blend of both creative storytelling and aesthetic. And I think that's just the secret sauce of being a fashion designer. Let's dive into what does that creative process look like for you? Oh my goodness. A mess. It's all different. I've been inspired by so many different things. One of my previous mini collections or special projects, I never released it, was inspired by my favorite video game, Cyberpunk 2077. And I had the idea to design joggers based on what I want my character to wear like during the gameplay. And we made those. And other times I pull my creative inspiration from what I'm seeing or what I'm feeling in the world from conversations that I'm having with people, with things that I keep hearing. Just part of my brand in general, we really hone in on visibility. And I talk to so many people every day who feel like they're not being seen, they're not being heard in the world. And that in itself was inspiration for me with designing some of my pieces and like collection because I wanted to create pieces that would make people feel visible and that would allow people to feel like they were showing up. And I deeply resonated with that from my own marketing background and feeling like I did a lot of behind the scenes work at startups and agencies and putting in a lot of the grunt work without truly being seen as that person working on the back end. So my creative process stems from a very emotional place based on the conversations I'm having and the experiences that I'm having and things that I'm doing. Absolutely. And it must feel different being a behind the scenes player now, being seen and being visible. And really the scary part is putting yourself out there and being the face of your company. How has that been for you? 
Oh my gosh, absolutely terrifying. Being an artist in general has actually been very terrifying and very, very different from being a marketer. You know, from my marketing background, we put together campaigns, put together ideas, we launch our projects. And if a campaign bombs, you just apologize to the client and move on. But as an artist, when I put my work out there, if it bombs, that's a direct representation of myself and my feelings and my creativity. So It's very terrifying now being the face of something when I'm so used to being behind the scenes and in the strategy and in the numbers. For sure. Yeah. It feels much more personal, it sounds like. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So with your creative process and the actual creation of garments and the creation of the fashion itself, when does the marketing side come into it? The artist side, it sounds like that comes first, but when do you bring the marketer in? Is this going to sell? Is it marketable? It has to be done in tandem to have a successful collection, a successful launch. We have to be thinking about both of these things simultaneously. Actually, I have a couple of interns under me. They're my marketing babies. And I teach them about this and everything that we do together. Even though they're marketing interns and they're really focused on the digital aspects or the advertising side of things, I bring them in at the design level. I am bringing them in to see what my process is like as a creative and as a designer, because that's where you really start generating the ideas to market to your consumer and your customer. So when I'm thinking about a dress, a skirt, an outfit, I'm also thinking about who this is for, where they're going to wear it to, what messages do we want to really use to promote and sell this garment? Is it a dress for a date night, an anniversary? Is it for a red carpet event? Are these outfits for this really edgy, unconventional person? Or are they for someone that's a little bit more romantic? And so all of that comes into play in that design process. And we think about what words we want to use in our marketing, what visuals we want to use when it comes to those photo shoots. Marketing is so many things down to even the models that we select. Every single one of those little details really tells that bigger picture story that connects us to our customer. And so we have to think about that from the very, very beginning when we're making the clothes of that target market and how we're going to reach them and what that looks like. That's actually one of the the areas I wanted to explore a little bit more because I'm so curious. The classical marketer speak is the customer avatar, the profile. How specific do you get for a specific piece that you're putting together? It's really difficult because fashion is one of those things where the people come to you. As much as I'm a marketer, I struggled so much with trying to create customer personas and customer avatars. To a degree, you look at the pricing of the item and the intended use of the item and you put together certain things like your demographics of very fashion conscious cities, maybe like New York and LA and You think you have a particular age group based on their amount of disposable income and what type of events they might be attending. But you get really surprised when you see the people that actually follow your page and come to your events because they are coming from all over. And the way that the fashion industry is, it's very interesting because it's so self-expression oriented. So as much research as I've been doing and keywords and looking at customer personas and doing competitor research, we always get approached by people that we never thought would resonate with something that I've created. And that's a beautiful thing and an exciting thing and keeps me on my toes. That's for sure. So we keep it granular on the advertising side when we're thinking of specific search terms or 
cities or different things like that. But from a design perspective and a creative perspective, it's super high level. And we just put ourselves out there and let the people come to us. Has who has come into your world, those surprising people that you didn't think would resonate with this, has that shifted who you're creating these clothes for? Who is in your mind when you picture them? Absolutely. Actually, I think that it's shifted my business model a little bit, being able to think more about what custom design is like, because we have so many people, like I said, in so many different audiences, so many different niches, so many people who have different needs and different wants that it's hard to create for people on that large, large scale. So it's actually shifted the way that I decided to do business and open myself up to take on custom projects and one-off projects for people who are interested because of just the wide range that I've gotten. One of the things I want to touch on, you had talked about the creative process and the marketing side of things. I come from a direct response world, performance marketing, put a dollar in, get a dollar out. But when I look at fashion, I look like the big brands like Nike, Lululemon. They're so brand-centric They take a very brand approach, a long-term building the image and the story of the brand. And for a small fashion brand, how do you think about the distinction between performance marketing and brand-centric marketing? How do you balance the short-term cash flow needs of a small business and then building that brand reputation long-term? It's honestly one of those things that eludes me. (laughs) And I say that because we look at the brand itself and the brand that I'm creating and a lot of the brand is myself as a designer. And so in a way, it's like, I'm not just selling the product, but I'm selling myself and I'm selling my art and my identity, so to speak. And when you think about how do you really market artistry to generate a return on ad spend, there's no targeting on Facebook and TikTok. The closest thing you get is your personal interest, right? And that doesn't always translate either. So I think what happens for me is I really stick to my story and my values that I founded the company on. My four values are creativity, sensuality, edge, and visibility. And I think about how I tell that story through my marketing. And when it comes to the actual execution of marketing and when I want to generate those sales, I hone in specifically on the people that I think are going to resonate with the story that I'm telling and the values of my brand. And that's who I go after when I think about my social media marketing. I look for people who are following pages similar to the pages that I follow. What magazines, publications, and podcasts are they listening to? Where else do they shop? What other brands do I like or am I inspired from? And I use that to really hone in on my people because it's almost using myself as a customer persona in a weird way, but it helps me really attract those that are really going to resonate with the brand story. And that also helps me with keeping my brand consistent and true to my identity and who we are as a company without sacrificing cash flow or without sacrificing what we need to continue running a small business, which is the revenue. So it sounds like you've been able to strike that balance between we're doing marketing that can drive revenue that doesn't make any spammy offers, doesn't ask for the sale, but because it brings in your story and who you are and because it comes so naturally to you, it seems like just a perfect fit. Yeah. I think a lot of the times people aren't actually buying the clothes for me. They're buying the idea that I'm selling and they're buying 
it more because of the story than because of the dress. And I think that's a lot of the fashion industry, honestly, because you can get the same products almost any and everywhere. There's small nuances between this dress and that dress across brands and across designers. But I think what people are really buying is the story and they're buying from this person that they love and they're buying because of what it is that attracted them and made them resonate with something. Because the market is so saturated and the reason that you're buying from a small independent designer over a big box shop brand isn't necessarily always going to be because of what I'm offering more than it could be the story that I'm selling to you. And I recognize that a lot. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. I think a really good example of that is the creator space, right? There's broadcast TV, but the reason we go to YouTube and watch the creators is for that identity piece. It's for who those people are. And I think tapping into that like you have is so important. As a smaller fashion brand, how do you keep up with just the sheer scale of the larger fashion houses? Fast fashion, how can you compete in that space where... There is new designs. It seems like every week it'd be exhausting. Honestly, it is exhausting. And consumer behavior continues to really drive this cycle that we're in where a hundred new styles are coming out and some of these brands catalogs like every other day. And honestly, a small brand like me, we can't keep up. We also are just at a point where with AI, there's predictions for what's going to be sold next year. It's already on the production line. It's already being made to be released for runway in 2024. So from that perspective, I'm already behind. For me, again, it goes back to just that marketing and that storytelling. I have to just come from a place of understanding that my product or my brand is special or better because of the community that I'm creating and not from just the product itself. It's really difficult because a lot of fast fashion brands are copying smaller brands and designers and also copying bigger brands. And that makes it a lot harder for us as well. So again, it comes back to just like having great marketing and being able to build brand loyalty among my followers and my people who I know will continue to support me because of who I am and what our brand offers, because we can't really compete in a market where we have fast fashion on one end that's pumping things out so, so quickly. And the other end where there's large fashion houses with exponential budgets that are able to do 60, 70 look collections four times per year. So staying in our small space and allowing our community to drive that is really the key. As a not very fashionable person myself, my fashion evolves very slowly over time, definitely not at the pace of fast fashion. But it seems like if the big companies are competing on the dimension of speed and convenience and serving consumers who want to change their outfits, be hip, be trendy, but it seems that's almost impossible if fashion is changing that much. It seems like the better strategy for a small brand like yourself and like what you're talking about is to focus on people who are all about the story, finding fashion that suits who they are, and that's going to be more timeless. It's not going to change as fast or as much. And so if you can provide fashion that really resonates with them, those are the kind of people that are easier to serve. They're not chasing the fashion trends. They're looking for clothes that really feel right to them. Yeah, absolutely. And from the luxury perspective in general, if we think about true luxury, it's made slow and it's consumed slow. And so when I think about my brand, I'm creating statement pieces that essentially will be 
and someone's capsule collection, or they're buying a statement piece for a very special event. It's almost like I am selling a literal piece of art to someone. Like I bought this made to order dress for my anniversary and it was my 15th anniversary. And I loved that it was black lace because on my wedding day, I was wearing lace and my favorite color is black. And so I think that it's really cool in a way that I get to take this different approach, this slower approach. It's a little bit more fun because I can hone in on what is the real story behind each and every garment and who are these people and what are they using it for? And it allows me to create all these cool, crazy scenarios in my head for who my target customers <laughs> might be and how to reach them. And it allows me to really like feel more connected as well because I'm creating in this very slow, thought out process that's really psychology heavy. I see the way that my products are also consumed and the psychological effect that people have from wearing them. And one example is one of my interns was out wearing the pair of joggers for an event for us. And he was like, oh my God, I got so much attention and people were asking you about this and that and taking pictures of everything. And it really made me feel like I was moving in the right direction because I said, that's what happens when I design with visibility in mind. And it took a full year to come up with this idea for these joggers and where we're going to place zippers and what fabrics we're going to use. And it was such a slow, thought out process and so much psychology that went into just these little nuances. But that end result was honestly everything that I could have hoped for. And that's a pair of joggers that he's going to have in his collection forever and ever and mix and match with so many other pieces. So that makes me feel very happy. The luxury space is not a space that I've played around much, but it seems like it would be so rewarding to have that personal experience with customers who can really appreciate what you're putting out there. It rewards the artist side of the business. Yeah, it does. It makes you really hone in on some of the nuances of your clothes. Thinking about how the shirt got on your back, literally, it's a process from the shape and the fabric that you're choosing and all of these different factors. It gives you really a different level of appreciation for clothes in general from both the consumer side and the designer side. Absolutely. Is there anything that we haven't touched on yet that you're hoping I would ask you? Ooh, uh, the only thing would be how I ended up here in fashion. My degree is in public relations. I graduated from the University of North Texas in 2019. And I started as a marketing intern myself while I was an undergrad. And now I'm running a fashion brand. So it's not like it was a natural pivot. I specialized working for startups for the beginning of my career. I exclusively did growth marketing for startup businesses. And I felt very empowered working with CEOs. You have to be a little bit crazy to be an entrepreneur and want to start a business. It's so risky. But seeing my bosses every day just being so excited about what they were doing and having a passion and putting their literal all into something that they really believed in, I found it really, really inspiring. And I gained as many skills as I could with the hard skills of marketing, with learning the nuances of advertising, email marketing, web development, and how to build landing pages and A-B testing and these things. But I think what I really learned subconsciously was just how to be a business owner and how to go after something that you want to wake up and do every day. And so I pivot naturally into fashion because fashion has just been something I've always, always, always loved from just a child playing dress up to just 
my own self-expression as a teenager. I did a little bit of influencer work for a while and I was actually a bikini model. And so just that natural love for fashion made it an easy connection for me to say, not only am I going to start a business, I'm going to start a fashion brand. And that's how I ended up here. And I would just like for people to know that because I want people to feel empowered that just because you start in one place, you might wake up one day and realize that like, hey, I want to do something else with my life. And that's okay. It's never too late to pivot. And what you learn in one space can always be translated into another space because I hear a lot of people that feel really stuck in their careers. And I wish people would know that you're never truly stuck. You can do whatever you want to. And then where can people find you online? You can find my brand at domavis.com. That's D-O-M-I-V-I-S.com. We are also on all the social media channels and you can find us by our brand name. You can also find me on my personal social media, Lola J. Dominguez, on every platform. Perfect. And then any final notes or messages you'd like to leave with our listeners? I just want to say thank you to you, Bobby, for having me here. I'm really happy that you brought me on today to talk about something that I truly love and I'm really passionate about and brings me so much joy. Hey, it's Bobby again. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Experts Roadmap. You can find the show notes for this episode by going to theexpertsroadmap.co. Again, that's theexpertsroadmap.co. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love to hear from you. The best way you can show your support is by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to hear more episodes like this, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Thanks again for being here. I'll see you next time.